0: You will remember is a command to us as a people. It is a divine call into obligation, into sacred obligation of remembering. And so I'd like to open our time together, this Yom HaShoah, with the words of Rabbi David Katz, Reboinah Shaloyim, Master of the Universe. On this most solemn of occasions, we open our hearts, minds, and souls to you. As we remember the 6 million, the 11 million, the indifference, and the evil. As we honor the heroes, heroines, martyrs, the survivors, and the victims. We ask you to soothe our souls, to amplify our memories, to strengthen our resolve, and to hear our prayers. We ask for your presence in our midst, for healing, light, and love, to soothe and ease our pain as we commemorate the horrors that were committed not so long ago. Please, Holy One, be gentle with our souls. We ask that you help us to forever remember the stories. As we re-encounter the unthinkable, we ask that these memories be strengthened and never fade in the hope that those who remember the mistakes of the past will not repeat them. Please, O Holy One, amplify our ability to remember. We ask that you strengthen our will, that you help us to ensure that the world does not again see such monstrosities. We say never again, and we dedicate ourselves to this principle, to the idea that justice does not allow persecution, that genocide will not be repeated, and that vigilance is the responsibility of freedom at all costs. Holy One, make manifest our resolve that these horrors remain but memories. We ask that you answer our prayers. We pray that the call of evil falls on deaf ears, that those who fight for freedom and justice always prevail, that those who need protection do not become victims. We pray that the lessons we learn from this darkest hour allow all humankind to better itself and to truly and nobly embody the idea that we are each made in your image. We pray for the souls of the millions and millions of victims of brutality. We pray that we honor their lives and their memories by observing this day and by doing everything in our power and beyond to make sure that no such shadow again darkens our world. Above all, we pray for shalom, for wholeness and peace, to be in our midst now and forever. Holy One, answer our prayers, and bring us a world devoid of hatred, filled instead with peace. Kainihi ratzon. so may this be the will, and together we say, Amen. So we... Come to you now, uh, the incredible privilege of welcoming Sarah Moskowitz uh, to the Bema. Uh, we welcome her as an expert in unpacking and then then serving us through translation the poetry of so many of those who perished in the Shoah. So many of them, their their language was Yiddish. She is a poet. uh, She is a writer. She is an artist. She is uh, someone who holds memory as absolutely sacred. We are so honored uh, that Sarah is here with us uh, to share with us the poetry uh, of the Shoah, uh, a program she has put together through her vast knowledge of that literature, uh, and um, we welcome her comments on that as well. So now we turn it over to our own Sarah Moskowitz.
1: Thank you, Rabbi. We are here today to witness the courage and strength of our people, who, during their imprisonment in the Warsaw Ghetto, found the creativity and will. To write poetry about life facing Nazi hatred, forced labor, starvation, illness, and killings day and night. The poets who were imprisoned in the Warsaw Ghetto persisted in their creativity under the worst possible circumstances. Their creativity was encouraged by Emanuel Ringelblum, the Warsaw Ghetto leader who was an educated historian who wanted Holocaust history to be written by those who lived it, not by those who wanted, if the Nazis won World War II, to obscure their own criminal participation in the extinction of six million Jews, men, women, and children. To ensure Jewish accounts of events in the ghetto, historian Emanuel Ringelblum created the group he called Oinek Shabbos, which met on Saturday afternoon secretly and consisted of people— who wrote about the historic experiences in the ghetto and who preserved created materials. The Warsaw Ghetto was a holding pen for recording the beginning to the Nazi end of destroying all Jews, Ringelblum said. When the ghetto was being closed down and its inhabitants sent to Treblinka, to be killed 1992 to 1994. He, Ringelblum, oversaw the burial of the ghetto records and materials with Hirsch Vasser, until he and his family were killed in the ghetto underground uh, where he was hiding in 1944. It was a rare gift to be able to maintain intense creativity in circumstances of the great stress of the Warsaw Ghetto, crowding, hunger, torture, trauma, murder, shooting, and the deep pain of personal loss. Yet there was a flourishing of creative activity in 1941 and forward, which Rachel Auerbach called, quote, a phenomenal combination of blooming and dying. Auerbach says this combination was a confirmation of life in the sight of death. In the Warsaw Ghetto's extreme stress of crowding, hunger, torture, and killing. It is a rare gift to find the exact word and meter that poetry demands. This blooming and dying was part of the struggle for life, for the worth of people, for beauty and wisdom, for strength, and for spirit in the face of death. Rachel Auerbach, who was encouraged by Ringelblum to write history and run a soup kitchen, was especially helpful to writers. Post-war, she was a force in finding the buried two of three milk cans full of documents of poetry. Of the 50-plus ghetto inhabitants who were members Of the Onik Shabbos group who recorded ghetto history, only three people of the 50 survived. She, Rachel Auerbach, was one of the only three survivors post war. She wrote in Yiddish about her experience of being head of the soup kitchen and described many ghetto events. She was a force in post-war for digging up and preserving the cultural treasures that had been buried for safety during the war, including much of the poetry you will hear today. In the ghetto... There were amazing people, including poets and artists and dramatists, who found the strength to create poetry in secret under the heel of Nazi oppression. With the killings ever increasing, the painful loss of close family and friends, the debilitating starvation and dead bodies. In the streets, we begin this poetry from the Warsaw Ghetto with poetry by a young man, Yeil Lehrer, who was born nineteen hundred in Warsaw and was killed nineteen forty three in Warsaw. Here is a segment of a longer poem called "My Home." <coughs> My father and mother have been thrown out of their inherited nest. They wander among strangers on strange streets. Dear friends, have you heard of them? My heart is loaded so heavy when I think of my mother. Have you heard anything at all? If yes, tell me right away, It could lighten my day and console me. My old gray mother seeks the bloom of young rose-blue spring so praised and sung in song. It springs like a great river that breaks and floods, felt in blood so strong. Everywhere, in all lands and seas, let spring break everywhere from near and far and bring back all lost children to where their mothers are. Yitzhak Nelson was a very well-known poet in the Warsaw Ghetto. And when he heard the ghetto was going to be locked and we Jews would all be prisoners in it, he decided to create for all who wished to study Bible the first of many evenings of Tanakh. This invitation, written in poetry, explains the worth of coming together for the study of Tanakh. The following poem is The Invitation. Introduction to an Evening of Tanakh by Yitzchok Katznelson. Tanakh, the first evening of Tanakh. Remember the date. You have come tired and dull, with tears in your eyes and woe in your heart. Apparently, we can't escape them. Wherever you come, your pain comes too. Today, you, my brothers, sisters, dear to me, today, you'll be rid of troubles. Today, at the evening for Tanakh. Tanakh is our ancient fortress the greatest and the strongest of all fortresses. Observe, listen well, and recognize the Tanakh. The first evening of Tanakh. Come, lonely brothers, lonely sisters. We will hide ourselves for an hour in our old, old castle, in our fortress in the Tanakh great thunder and sharp lightning his speech stone cliffs and mountains his hardened cries the rustle of winds his singing and the brightness of sun his main theme his light motif the shining moon his tender song and the golden stars his rhymes the ideas are broad and full and deep His are all the seas, the Tanakh, the same in any tongue, whether Yiddish or Hebrew, it's ours in its core, ours in its ideas, whether perfect or in error. Ours is the Spirit speaking out of him, whether he is good or bad, it is our marrow in him and our blood. Come, lonely ones, come, Jews, and recognize the eternal light, the humanity, the anguish, and call to yourselves, though with restraint, mine, 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 the great light and the great suffering, mine, 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 the sorrow and the shine. Tanach. You've come for an evening of Tanakh, confused, downcast, in a dark mood, with your bitterness. He knows it well. He, the Tanakh, he knows it. For it is your spirit that aches in him, your blood that roils in him, your voice that thunders. There is your voice. Be Comforted. He slumbers not nor sleeps. Ever awake, he sees, he listens and knows all. Cast your aches away therein. Spit out the bitter greenness of your gall. The Tanakh is your father and your child, your past and your future. The prophet's voice has not gone with the wind and not silenced yet. You will be in him with your genius until now. Tanakh, the book of eternal suffering and eternal life. Yours is the life and yours the suffering. Everything he owns, you gave to him the suffering and the joys, in him you woke to dawn, in him you spent your nights, your unfathomable agonies, when joined with a chapter of Tanakh, become better understood. Come, you Jews, non-believers, come and become here, near your Tanakh, believers, believe those who create eternities on earth remain on earth forever. Herschel Danilovich was loved for his folksy approach to poetry he was known and called in the ghetto by his first name, Herschel by an adoring ghetto public. He died of hunger in 1941, so early in the ghetto experience, and thus was the only poet to have a proper funeral attended by a large crowd of admirers. He wrote plain and simple about the ghetto experience. This poem he titled, My Wife and Children Are Starving by Herschel Danilovich. My poor wife and children are starving. Neighbors look askance and gasp When one wants to lighten my life, I must shun him out of shame. Naked as Adam and barefoot, ragged and torn, full of woe, I drag myself over the ruins, not to think, not to know. Worn out by worry, without strength, sick and broke, I wander Wiped out without home, long lost is my hope. Chewed up by fate, dejected by burdens, I go about a forgotten one, cannot bear these troubles. Someone knows of joy and light, of peace and hope. For me, only black emptiness remains. For me, only the grave stays open. The next poet is Kalman Lise. People were losing track of dear friends, lovers, and family because of changes of location for work or for convenience of the German overseas seers. This poem by Kalman Lees deals with the frustration of losing track of someone close. It's called A Letter and an Answer by Kalman Lees. <clears throat> I wrote you a letter, and no answer came I'm left all alone with my mute melancholy. Maybe, could be, I dare not ask, but a black crow keeps pecking. Your goodbye was forever. I'm erased from your heart. I don't know. Please forgive me for my foolishness. My strength ebbs in longing for your tenderness. When I'm sleeping, when eating, Father, mother, beg me. Freydke, it would be better to forget him. It would be better for you both. Go and scream and cry alarm. Deaf walls and dead stones. It was a sheep that warmed me. I have no other comfort. So I write these lines to you, and my fingers tremble. Maybe there... Where you are, too, it's not easier for you. And now the days drag on like hissing snakes. And don't ask me, please don't ask me if desires die away. And the nights, like black crows, spread their wings out over me. And with lips pale and blue, Death winks at me from dull mirrors. Only two, three words I ask you, just two short lines. Quote, to my love, my basherter, this is how it's there for me. The second part of this poem is called The Answer, and you will see that it's not written by her lover. Just the first part. Dearest girlfriend in the village, with blue and tearful eyes, for your depth and depth of sorrow, I stand before you with bowed head. I went away from you, my love, to win a battle for us both. All this I wrote down for you, and now I send his words to you. Something flamed in his eyes, hung on his damp eyelashes, and with final quivering, vanished and expired. Like dew fresh and clear that's fallen, on a field sparkling with sun, on his pillow suddenly, from your love letter he bloomed, and he asked me to write to you these quiet last words Quote, You were and will remain loved forever, my basherta. Basherta in Yiddish means the one who was meant to be for me. The last poem in this group is called A Song of Yesterday by Rachel Korn. This or that, it's all the same anyway. I don't know where you are now and where your home will be tomorrow. Maybe I'll pass you like a stranger, head bent toward the earth, and could be that in the tumult I will not recognize your face with my short-sighted eyes. The street will part us like comb in hair with curses, screams, and beggars' prayers, with children's prams accompanied by baskets of bagel, and you will have no idea that through the jungle of stone walls our steps called out to each other like melancholy birds. Yet together with dust and wind, I will bring home in the folds of my dress your scent, which unknowingly hit my heart between sweat and benzene, perfumes and silk like the idea of spring and winter. This will not change my life, sure, it will be as it was, but my head will bend a little lower and give the slave-like day another tear to carry and nothing more. And at night I'll pursue every word and every smile anew, all is lost anyway. This is the end of part
0: one. What it even means to hold and consider the words, the feelings, the images the impression of the world that it leaves on the soul in the kinds of circumstances that our poets were writing in. The world is a very, very narrow place sometimes, a narrow bridge, as Rabbi Nachman of Bratzlav taught. And the Bratzlava Rebbe understood very well the fear of facing existential darkness. He faced it a lot uh, in his own life. And he says the main thing, the most important thing, is not to let fear take over. And so we see with the beauty of this poetry, the subtlety of expression, the nuances that are beyond just fear, because it's so easy to let that be everything. Fear for myself, fear for my life, fear fear for my future, fear for my loved ones. Um, but we see here the human spirit has so many more layers and contours, uh, and that's what this song of Rabbi Nach- Nachman is all about. We don't deny fear. The whole world is a narrow bridge. And when you walk a narrow bridge, you look to either side and it's just terrifying. Every step is terrifying. We can't let fear be the only thing. And that is what we see in this poetry, and we sing for them.
2: Om Koholam kulo, gesher tzar meo, gesher tzar meo, gesher tzar kulo, gesher tzar the shirt time o where Fachet, lo, the Ve'ha'ikah, la 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 ya, nei, 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 ya, nei, la 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 call how ku lo geschertsar me and uh,
0: these poems also attest to life that part of grief and, and the terror of um, times like the ones that we're remembering today are are that the beautiful things in the world are taken from one without one's consent, that one loses everything that one loved about life and this world. Uh, and I believe that is part of what inspired Hannah Senesh when she was in prison, by the Nazis, to write Aili Aili, to write these words that she was aware that there were things that she would be losing, and she did, she lost her life, she gave her life for others and for the chance to free others uh, as a young woman in her 20s, uh, and um, yet wrote these words in prison, um, and I believe it's part of what gave her the strength to never give over one piece of datum to her torturers. Eli,
2: Eli, Shaddai, Gamel, Elnaam, HaChol veHaYam, Rishru shel Hamam. shall t'fila, radam, shel shamaim, t'fila, t'fila, ha- God my God I pray that these things never end the sand and the sea, the rush of the waters, the crash of the heavens prayer of the heart, the sand and the sea, the rush of the waters, the crash of
1: Thank you for those beautiful songs and your wonderful, encouraging words. The poem that takes on the conditions of war and death that have overtaken the lives of the people and expresses a longing for peace is called Poem to the Gentlemen." The gentleman being the politicians managing war. And it's written by Shmuel Marvell. So, church bells, why are you silent? Ring your tones of ding and dong. The devil is blowing on his horn, and the world goes up in flame. Oh, you gents around the tables. Whom do you feel by blaming fate to cause the flow of so much blood over earth's deserted space? What do you want of the skies? You make them turn so red? Let the people live their lives. Don't order them be dead. Masses walking to their graves in a mix of falling hate And death, the reaper, swings his scythe while the devil jokes and waits. Weapons clanging, drums beating, full-out war is raging hot. Alive one moment, and then you're not. You're dead and vanished in the night. And the fighting roars in flames, and the fighting burns with zeal. Kill, kill yourselves still faster. Let each one show what he can do. Oh, you gentlemen so fine, from London, Washington, Peking, leave the world alone in joy. Don't be so proud of your benzene. Don't be so proud of your birds that you've built of death and steel. Let the sky be for the sun. Let it shine like long ago. See the glorious world in color. People now see all is blue. Let the people's dying cease. Let there be good fortune, peace. The sun shines. She needs no weapons. She paints each person's path in light so what is it you want cold sirs why slaughter days in bloody fights stop it now you faithful riders everywhere where killings flood a sunny new world is waiting but it has no love of blood This next poem is entitled Warsaw Under Nazi rule Dreary Threat hangs heavy in this poem by Chaim Semiatitsky. Warsaw A yoke lies heavy on you, city. Welded to your back of stones, you go the way of hundreds of cities. A mad bully holds the reins and whips your bones. The sky, like heavy pewter sheet metal, is hammered onto your roofs in cellars and attics' holes under such skies. Mother's become whores and fathers wield knives. Your courtyards lie at night in quarters of the poor like heavy black crates, overturned chunks of starry sky their floor. Stars twinkle like shards of broken glass in garbage cans beneath the sun of midday. And people go about on your streets like countless shuttles of a gigantic loom, all with eyes toward earth. No one wants to raise eyes past his visor. All are coming toward here. There is no there. I will read a little bit of this poem called Little Hands by Kalman Lies in Yiddish. Hintelach, Little Hands. Es hot sich mir, das, es hot sich mir, das Leben heint geäkt. Today my life came to an end. Ech. So al deruch to hell with such a life as I am living. Some bloue kinder oiskishtrekt. I saw blue children, little hands outstretched, hentelach soll zolze eppes geben, begging something to be given. Hentalach geschwollene von Kelt, little hands all swollen from the cold. Mit Siniake seuf jeden einem finger, bruised blue on every single finger. Wollt ich mein ganze Welt, I would give them my whole world. Wollt ich se geschenkt Singen, would I could give them just the singing. Betten ober Kinderlachhof breut, but little children ask only for bread. Woje dichter kinder geben, what then can a poet give to children? Bleib noch eins, zusammen mit der Neut only to be bound as one in hardship bisen letsten tropfen blut waraneim leben till the last drop of blood for a new life I s hat sich mir das leben heim geeckt today my life has come to an end Ech, zehde ist das leben to hell with such a life that I am living, I saw blue children, little hands outstretched, Hentelach Epis given, begging for something to be given. Spring brought a miracle into the dreary, deadly ghetto in this next poem, which is called Like a Miracle. And still, it is beautiful as a miracle, this rosy twig of lilac, even in our days of evil, terror and dread, even in our street when hate swells grand with chutzpah. The little lilac twig stretches out to you and to me like a miracle. This last poem was written by Miriam Ulinover who was a religious poet with two books of published poetry. She was read and recited in Warsaw. She was killed in Auschwitz with her husband and three children in 1943. This poem is a delight. It's called Antikelach, Small Antiques. Once there were three girls, as beautiful as gold, who bragged about the rare antiques each of them did hold. I have a flowered headscarf, the first said to the others, embroidered with cross-stitches by my own grandmother. I have a jeweled needle, the second proudly stated, from my great-grandmother with small diamonds decorated. Only the third girl laughed silently with pride and quietly opened the door to an alcove inside. The dearest little antique of all is mine alone, right here. My great-grandmother herself, of more than a hundred years. Thus, I end the poems. And I want to add a note to you. I have asked myself the question, What drew me to the work of translating the Yiddish poetry in the Ringelblum archives? The better question for me is, who drew me to this? The answer takes me to people standing in a picture from Warsaw, taken in 1937. It is my father's older sister, Rivola, Traster, Gettstein, her husband, Yudel Getzstein, and their three children, Zirele, 14, Shmuel and Pina, about eight and six, all of them were murdered in the Holocaust. Their last communication was received by my family in 1941, a whole year after it was written. The postcard said, we live, Rivola is sick. We live through selling our things. We need help. That help never came. They are among those whom the International Red Cross have never been able to trace, which means they were probably killed in the ghetto. And who else drew me to this work? My mother, Clara Miriam. She had a sister, Chaya Rubenstein, to whom she had sent a ship ticket to come to America like my mother had, in the 1920s, that ticket was bought with my mother's sweatshop earnings. Chaya arrived in Ellis Island with red eyes and a cough. My mother saw her through a chain link fence. Chaya was not permitted entry to America and was shipped back to Poland because my mother didn't have money for med- for medication. She married in Poland and had three children, and after the Nazis entered Poland, they all fled east toward Russia during the Nazi occupation, only to be put in pits at Babi Yar. And shot. When I think of people writing Jewish, Yiddish poetry in ghettos and camps, and I think of people daring to save and collect and bury that poetry that was forbidden and they could have been shot for it, then I am deeply grateful to have been born safe in America into a home that treasured the continuity of the Yiddish mother tongue. And because of that, I am privileged to be able to translate and make possible the dissemination of work by the poets you have heard today and other poets whose beautiful, powerful, unique voices were cruelly and suddenly prematurely silenced. We have these treasures
0: because of people like Sarah and her gift and her commitment. We have these treasures and we have those who live on. We have those who choose Judaism. We have those who raise Jewish children. We have those who remember Jewish ancestors and bring them to life and we have treasures like Sarah Moskowitz that we do not take for granted. We are blessed. We are honored, Sarah, to have you with us and to share your work uh, and your own story and your connection uh, to what were horrifying events and yet you always have the gift of reaching back into whatever was to bring it forward and uh, how to teach us how to live better and more responsibly today. We treasure you. We love you. We're so glad you're here. I love you, too. (laughs) And I love K.I.